Hey everyone, welcome back to Drink It In for season nine. I'm Jordana Baraha from Drink It In underscore Jordana. In this season, we get to chat with other podcasters. We talk all about podcasting, sharing experiences, and comparing our fun times over the mic. Come see how our podcasters do when they're put on the spot. This is a fun one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season nine, the podcaster season. I know, like, oh, it's like amazing. It's unbelievable when I think about it. Um, it's just like, it's been so therapeutic doing this. And when I decided to do season nine, the podcaster season, I didn't realize how enlightening it was going to be. And I have two ladies, not one. I have two people with us today. And what's also really special is that before they both started podcasts, I knew them. So I know, I don't know if Fripke's going to remember, but Alex definitely will remember because our sons were in school together. And, and before all, well, before COVID, I had our son over in my house. And, you know, so we had a relationship. And Fripke, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you, we probably didn't meet on this Shabbaton, but you were on a Project Inspire Shabbaton before COVID, and you spoke. Yes, yes. the Body and Soul Retreat. Yes. That was fun. Body and Soul Retreat, yes. So I had met you then, but like in passing, like we didn't really have a connection, but that was the first time I experienced you, you know, if I could put it that way. So it was just, and it's been so nice that uh, through this process, you know, we've developed a relationship and I could even call it a friendship. And uh, it's been really nice. And without further ado, I'd love for the ladies of the DMC podcast to introduce themselves. So they're going to have to fight it out. Who wants to go first? Uh -oh. you guys <laughs> Let's do alphabetical. Alex, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Hi, everyone. My name is Alex Luxure. First of all, Jordana, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I, I consider you sort of like an OG podcaster, you know, from female podcaster. So it's been really an honor to join the ranks. Um, so who am I? Um, in a brief, brief sound note, basically, um, I am a trained educator. Um, I was teaching in the classroom, middle school and high school. English, Judaic studies, depending on the year, depending on the school, depending on the location. Jordan, I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> um, I was thinking. Yep. So a few years ago, I formally left the classroom. Yes, I am one of those teachers that everyone's writing articles about who left the fields of Jewish education <laughs> um, and moved into, I don't know, people still tell me you're still a Jewish education. You're just doing it on social media, but moved into writing um, where I started sort of building up my writing, you know, freelance work. Um, I haven't written in a while, but I do have a column whenever I want to publish it in Mishwaka Magazine, an opinion opinion uh, column called Perspective. Did a lot of freelance writing. And then um, I guess since this podcast sort of came out, I got more involved in social media and we'll discuss that a bit later in terms of the podcast role. But most recently, um, in addition to my speaking opportunities, um, I've been working on a very special project, which is Faces of Orthodoxy social media campaign. Uh, we're on Instagram. We just hit 6,000 followers. You who mm -hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not like 50 or 100, but like we're getting there. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn under Alexander Fletcher. And basically the goal of this is to share the human everyday stories of our everyday heroes of faith in the Orthodox community and show us all, you know, role models and, and really display the diversity of our wonderful community. So just juggling a lot of different projects and it keeps me on my toes, keeps me busy. I'm a mom of five. 
and I live in Cleveland, Ohio, and there is not a spare moment. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> I don't even know if you breathed when you said all that. You no, know? no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for the kids to come in. You know, I, I was, I was just like side, side point. Sorry, side point. You know, so let's let's see how Ripky does. Ripky, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I I also um, juggle a lot of projects. I think that's one of the. I don't know if that's one of the reasons that Alex and I work so well together, but we're both very busy, so we both just like squeeze everything into every possible crevice of our life. Um, I I never know how to answer this question, oh, but I, I, I do I do. A lot of different things. I am also a writer. I write for Family First Magazine, the Women's Weekly um, segment of Mishpacha Magazine. And um, I write regularly for them. That's been for a few years. Before that, I had a blog for like a million years. And I wrote, I've written for a lot of the online um, Jewish websites like H.com and Jew in the City and Partners in Torah I've written for and Between Carpools and Kfeller. And like if it's Jewish, I've probably written for it. Um, and I'm a musician. I'm a classically trained musician. That's a whole story. But right now, mainly what I do is I play piano for the day schools around town. I play for Chumash plays and sitter parties and sixth grade graduation and whatever, you know, and there's an event coming up soon. I don't know when this is being released, but there's an event coming up soon for the high holidays. I'm playing not on the high holidays, obviously, but to get into the mood of it. And so I do those things. I do occasionally also speak when people ask me to come out and speak. I'm happy to do that. Um, obviously co-host the podcast, which is super fun. And like you said, like therapeutic and amazing and like so educational and enlightening. And I love the whole experience. Hopefully our listeners feel the same as I do. I think they do. And I'm also a mom of five. I also live in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What else? What else do you want? That's, that's, no, that's, good. In that's good. <laughs> like not to compete. I'm like, like, okay, you're both moms of five. And I was like, okay, I'm a mom of six, but I have five <laughs> grandchildren already, girls. Ooh, you know? Yes. So nice. Yes. My gosh. And it's my plate. I even have like two just came over to visit today. I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> Can that's you get out of my so office now? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is cute. They, they get excited. The little ones get excited. It's also good. They come and they leave. It's nice. Um, but, you know, it's both of you are in Cleveland. So before doing the DMC podcast, and we'll, we'll talk about because it, it wasn't always called the DMC podcast. Okay. What, what, what was called? What was it? Normal for women? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Normal for women. Um, what brought the two of you together? to do that podcast what like how'd you like question yeah well it's actually funny we both live in Cleveland but you know there are different neighborhoods in Cleveland so like Rifki and I are probably like a six minute drive from each other but Mm. you know we don't see each other on Shabbos like in a way you could really be stuck in your own neighborhoods even though we're not so far away from each other so Rifki and I like we're involved in a number of volunteer projects together um where that's sort of how we met we both were involved in the Shabbos project for a couple of years um and I, I don't know, like we, we liked each other. Both of our husbands are doctors. We have some similarities. You know, I think we went out a couple of times, but like, you know, beyond like the work relationship and professional relationship, we weren't like best buds, you know, sending WhatsApp messages like we are now these right, days, right. you know? Right. <laughs> so Ricky called me, you know, in the middle of COVID and she's like, it's on my bucket list to do a podcast and mm-hmm. I want you to be my co-host. And it was like, you know what? Something's right. I was like, whoa, like all of the light bulbs. Now, hence, this was literally, I don't know, beginning of two, this was, it was like, Octo- it was like October, 2020, 2020, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like our kids were like in school, not in school. <laughs> I don't even remember. Who knows anymore? I mean, I forget I about just, like, that. Blocked it out, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And, um, memories. Just, like she had this whole vision where Rifki is really great at technology and editing. She has a huge skill set. She's a musician. So she's like, listen, like this, I love, like I can write the music. I can perform the music. I can do the editing. I've got the fancy Apple laptop. And I'm like, okay, great. Cause I can't do anything like that. <laughs> so like you bring that skill set and, you know, I do more, I, you know, when we started, I was like more pre-production in terms of the writing and, you know, that legwork, but, you know, really we sort of bonded and connected over, I think both of us using our talents and abilities for a shared goal and a shared purpose. And it's incredibly fulfilling, you know, when you're in a professional friendship relationship with someone that I think you can like sort of um, really compliment each other. So did I say that right, Rifki? Perfect. Yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> okay, so, so, so I'll come to you, Rifki, then. Were you the one that came up with the original name, Normal from Women? It was a collaborative process between yeah. me and Alex. We we spent like a few months really sitting down and thinking about like, what do we want to accomplish? We know we want a podcast, but like, then what? You know, and we sat down and we came up with an elevator pitch and we came up with our tagline. And we were just trying to think of, you know, a title that would be catchy and quirky and kind of capture us and what we were hoping to to accomplish, like we knew that the from women was our demographic that we were targeting. Not, you know, it's not only from women who listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. We have some from men. We have some Jews who are not affiliated with the Orthodox world, but in the greater Jewish world, you know, so we have a variety of listeners, but our, our target audience has always been from women. And we wanted to include that in the name somehow. And, and we just had, you know, it was like a brainstorm like this. I don't even remember which one of us came up with that. You came up with a yeah. new title that I know, Alex, but the, uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I think sort of our vibe is like, it's, and it's, this is like, I think via social media, this is, you know, the world has changed in terms of who is, who our quote unquote influencers are, who are sharing ideas and inspiring others. And now there's a much more of a grassroots effort where you don't have to be a Rebbitson. You don't have to be a public speaker. You really could be anyone. Now there are pros and cons to that, certainly. But we <laughs> right. wanted to sort of, you know, capture this idea. Like we're not taking ourselves too normally. We're quote unquote normal for women. We're just like, you know, regular ladies sitting and schmoozing, talking about topics that hopefully are relevant to the average from women. Exactly. And, you know, you're just going to get what you get. And we, you know, we're not up there on the hierarchy of, you know, super influential women. Right, in right, right, world, right, 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 right. We're know? not Rebbitsons. We're just wanting to like get, get yeah. a vibe for like a, a check the pulse of like the women in the carpool lane or, or wherever exactly. it is, or in the shopping, in the line in the shopping store, shopping store, help the grocery store. <laughs> and, um, you know, just like, what are the feelings and the moods and the vibes of regular, regular, just like your average from woman. And we really felt like also giving voice to women who, you know, were just wouldn't maybe necessarily have a whole 45 minute episode, but like the, everyone has something to share. And so that was kind of like our goal when we had first started, like to just mm-hmm. kind of give that voice everyone yeah it's so interesting how you said you're not rebisons but you know you both were educators you know i'm not a rebison either but you know we've both been you know all of us are in education so right. we're not have that that title but i think we're the, the three of us if i could include myself are a lot more qualified sometimes than other people that might be out there that mm-hmm. might be presenting so and i think and i think that's nice because we we teeter-totter between what you might consider normal c and also the educational world. So we have, and we're moms and we live in the Jewish community and we have a little bit of a pulse. Whereas I once interviewed an entertainer on that season of Jewish entertainers and this one female entertainer, she was quite annoyed. She says, I don't understand with social media these days, like everyone thinks they're an entertainer. She goes, I've worked 
hard for my skill set. You know, she says, I trained and I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. And now any Joe Schmo thinks they could just go and just sing on Instagram, sing on TikTok, and they have X amount of followers and they're bringing in the box and just, it's not okay. That's not okay, you know? So, um, so it's just interesting that as soon as you said that, that's what came to mind. But I do feel that you guys are qualified. You know, it's not like, oh, who are we? No, you are. You know, it's that you're not just coming in, but, but I think Ricky, you could understand where I'm coming from when you're, you're a classically trained, you know, musician. So can you imagine if you saw someone on TikTok who never took a lesson in classical music and then all of a sudden they're and like, Ooh, okay. They're, they're flying high. Well, I mean, if they had never taken a lesson, they wouldn't be able to play, but right. I do, but I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Right, right. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, but I think, I think what's happening now, I at least see, or maybe that's just because it's my algorithm and that's what I'm interested in. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm being presented with a lot of quality, uh, a lot of quality in, in the areas that, interests us, Torah, Jewish life. And, and so there is a lot for people to choose from. So I think it's very beautiful. And you guys add to that. So now what happened, the transformation? Why transfer to DMC? Yeah, good question. Okay, this is why when you're interviewing two people. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Like, I know, yeah, right? Exactly. I said, you guys you're gonna have go to with pick. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to pick. You're gonna have to pick <laughs> the. Um, I mean, it was, it was. I think it was also fall of 2021. It's about a year after we had been normal for women had been going for a while, and, and Baruch Hashem, we kept doing. We were doing very consistently well um, with our listenership. And Nachi Gordon of Meaningful Minute reached out to you, Alex, with um, asking if we wanted to join the team. Right. So that's cool. Yeah, because so much, he has a large percentage um, of followers who are female, and he was really interested in adding a female podcast um, led by female podcasters, really geared to women, um, because he has, of course, meaningful people. He has two cents, the Ben Susan brothers, and he's like, listen, like you guys are out there, you're doing well. Why recreate the wheel? Come on board. And of course, we were super, super excited. Obviously, so many benefits to you know joining forces with Meaningful Minute. Um, we certainly, you know, are blessed with their incredible social media team. Um, they're a graphic artist. We got a literal makeover, um, <laughs> which was incredible. Like we needed it. We rebranded. So DMC was, you know, a name that sort of just like popped into my head as I was putting one of my children to sleep where we, nothing was working, nothing. And we loved normal from women to a fault. Cause it was like, connected we were very connected to it right it was our first yeah it was our first it was our first you know foray into it and there was a certain affection to it but we had even before we launched the official even though we had even before we had officially launched normal from women we had gotten some feedback about the word normal just because it's a very it's it's mm. a word that it's like we we knew that we were like not taking ourselves seriously and we knew that it was like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing but it can be a, a word that can evoke a lot of emotions not all of them pleasant and we wanted to be sensitive that there should be no barrier to entry for people wanting to listen to our podcast. Like if they're put off by the name, then they might miss out on our content. And that would be a chaval, that'd be a shame. Mm. So we were like, okay, we love it. It, always, it has a very special place in our heart, but we, all, we also recognize that sometimes you need to be flexible and, and you need to pivot. All right, exactly. so, now, now, so now that you're at the DMC, do you, the two of you, are you in charge of who you interview, who you don't interview, or is it like a, like a, like a board meeting effort with uh. you know, meaningful people? I mean, it's a collaborative process. We definitely have a lot of control, but mm -hmm. it's it's like it's like a team. It's like a it's like I don't know. It's like a family. So we we bounce ideas off of the the larger the larger group too. Some ideas come from us. Some ideas come from them. Okay. Yeah. Good. So yes. 
Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say like something that we continue to do from our normal for women's days is really keep our podcast like topic focused. So, you know, we may bring someone who's very well known, but it's not going to be, I'll give you an example of Jamie Geller. So on a classic podcast, you're going to have an interview with Jamie Geller. Tell us your story. Tell us, you know, what you do, your vision, your goals, et cetera. So for us, we want Jamie on, but we're we're not going to just interview her. We want her on to speak on a topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So for her, she talked about Tineas. We thought that was a really fascinating topic, specifically her role as someone who's in a very public position, how she navigates modesty, not just in clothing, but into her very visible role and what those values mean to her. And we wanted to hear her insights, particularly in her role on the topic. Other times we'll have a, a, the expert on, a field, uh, on the field, in the field, excuse me, on the topic who people may not know, but we wanna bring them forward and we wanna put them in the spotlight because we know they're the best people, person to speak on a particular topic. So that's really our goal is to sort of explore topics and bring in the right person, you know, bring them forward to, to speak on them. Right, see, I like that too. My my podcast is also by, each season is obviously by topic. So this one being the podcasters. So I really get that, you know, and yeah. like every every podcast runs differently. So that, that very much we have in common. So now, whether it be season one, when you were the normal for women or the DMC, who was the most interesting person that you guys interviewed and why? I mean, it could be two different people for either one of you. So Ripke, if you want to go first, if you have someone in mind that was the most interesting and why, and then Alex, you could go. Sure. 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 I, hope you guys ask I, I mean, I just want to start off by saying like, it's, it's just like not even fair to have to pick. Because... <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, I was literally going through, scrolling through all of our episodes. And I was, like, this... <laughs> I was like, this one, no, this one. Oh, but this one. So it was really, I just want to say to all, if any of our guests that we've interviewed have, um, are listening, like it was very not easy to pick because each episode has a very special place, um, in my heart. I I was thinking that, um, the interview that we did with Kyla Kaufman, I found very interesting because it was a topic that neither Alex nor I had a particular experience or expertise with. It was on basically entrepreneurship, like running your own business from female entrepreneurs, Neither Alex like necessarily consider ourselves entrepreneurs. <laughs> like so we we're like, this is really out of our, you know, knowledge zone. But she it was fascinating to hear about how she got into the field and how she navigates her current, she's very successful and how she navigates her job and her family. And I found um, one of the things that I found most interesting is that I even got some insight into like parenting through the conversation when we were talking about like, well, how do you foster this kind of you know, this, these drives in our children and like, you know, do we, does she, you know, do you have to like give your kid like the tools when they're six and otherwise they're not going to succeed or like, you know, do you have to have the, this focus or can you do anything and like, give them the freedom? And so even though the topic wasn't even parenting, we got such interesting advice there and just, she was so gracious and so interesting to speak with and the topic was interesting and she was great and I hadn't met her before. And so all around, I would say that that was really a fantastic one. Mm. Okay, and you, Alex, how about you? Well, I will tell you, Rafi, that she was like top two. <laughs> when I was scrolling, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I ended up um, with with my favorite, most interesting, I would say, person. Okay, not necessarily best interview, although it was a fabulous okay. interview, but like your question, which is great, which is who is the most interesting? It's okay. actually a, an episode that we just recently did and will be released, um, episode 23, and that's Bleamy Heller of Unconditional Parenting. And I'll tell you why. Um, this is someone on Instagram who has 145,000 followers. Okay. This is someone who 
her parenting posts obviously have huge reach beyond the from community. I don't know if any from influencer who has 145,000 followers. Can someone correct me if I'm wrong? It's just a huge, huge number. Um, And what I found so fascinating about her is her whole journey to um, be interested and passionate about parenting, she explained, was due to her own experiences as a child. And I just thought it was so amazing how she was sharing with us like memories of how you know, her parents, who she wasn't criticizing, it's just how it was. She remembered them parenting her in a certain way where she would think, wait a minute, why are you punishing me? Why can't you just talk to me? Can we talk about it as a young child? And she has such vivid memories and how that informed her um, decision to improve her own parenting and to really self-taught, teach herself. I mean, she, she doesn't have degrees in child psychology. She has a wealth of information and resources. She's quoting study after book. She knows so much. She, she learned so much and processed so much information about parenting and her approach. But was so sincere because it was due to her like own personal journey in parenting. And I just found it really fascinating. Yeah, um, that was a good one. I think it's it's not amazing when you like like I said it's I find it very therapeutic because it's not just that you're what you're saying Alex is like oh my gosh okay this this woman has wealth of knowledge but the fact that you see and understand from her journey yeah that Mm -hmm. that that to me I find so amazing when I've interviewed people and the the I guess I get inspired by other people's growth and that Mm. people are not stagnant Um, you know it's a big turnoff for me when I see somebody just likes the status quo like I don't get it like I can't relate I guess I want to shake them up and like come on every everybody could improve on something I don't like you this is what we're here for and when someone doesn't see that it just like like gets to me I mean I'm not gonna you do you I mean I'm just saying but it's like I really I'm attracted I I you know, I really go after those types of people and I want to be with people that just want to be better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful that you said, and, and I love how you, how you presented, I'm sure she also probably presented it in a beautiful way, that she wasn't criticizing her parents. It was for her, it wasn't working. Like those are sometimes I have, I, I, I juggle with that and I struggle sometimes when people ask me different things. Like one of the things I work on a lot is validating because I feel I wasn't validated as a child. Now that probably worked for my, now it must've worked for my older siblings. I don't know, but for me, just who I was, my makeup, it, it doesn't service me anymore. The way I was raised, it worked, it definitely worked for me during my marriage, but now it's like, it's, it's not happening. So I, I, you know, so I, and my parents are wonderful people, but I always have a hard time, you know, trying to, how to, how to express that so that I'm not saying something negative about people who I dearly love. Right. Love. And also, yeah, it's a different time also. And that's what she yes. knows. There's much more awareness that. in education. Yes. Right. I always right. say that. I always say different time, different type of parenting. Even if I look at my own children, Mr. Shen, you guys should have it. I look yeah. at my own daughter and how she's a parent. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like, a, like she's, you know, but when my kids would complain that their kids are not sleeping, I'm like, okay, you're like, you, you want to like have a whole discussion with them about why they're not sleeping or you just want them to go to sleep. Ema, we're not like you. We just don't put them to sleep. Fears, we need to talk about them. I'm like, okay, so then you won't sleep. You know, <laughs> you. you know, these are choices you make. But so I get it. Even even when I raised them, it's I'm sure it wasn't the ideal way. But it's it's nice when people see, and I I love when I see my kids are growing 
and and uh, you know nobody's perfect when they read. Yeah. I mean, we like I think something else is I think Bloomy had said this also in an interview, and this is a phrase I've heard before, and I use I try to use and keep in mind is like you know we do the best to have we do the best we can with the tools we have. We have. And the tools are always evolving, so right. even right. between like my oldest and my youngest, which is not such a big age range, <laughs> I see like also a different. I'm like oh, it's just it's interesting. It's a fascinating phenomenon. Apparently. It is. I mean, I think it's well, it's also life, you know, even as a teacher, um, how I taught 28 years ago is not how I teach now. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was like hard as nails. I mean, most kids, they would think I am still. But I would say like when my, when I would have students and they would be like, my bar mitzvah is coming up. I'm like, dude, you, well, you just woke up that you're turning 13. Like, hello. Like, you know, you knew the test was coming. You knew you were going to be bar mitzvah. You knew you had homework. What is the big deal? Like, this is not like some revelation and then all of a sudden my oldest son Aww. was in seventh grade and his bar mitzvah was coming up and he was doing his bar mitzvah lessons and as it got closer the bar mitzvah lessons went twice a week and then the week of I'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh such pressure and then I realized when it's this one of my students bar bar mitzvah don't worry about the test. <laughs> but until I experienced it, I really couldn't relate. So I think that's that's also part of the equation, you know, mm -hmm. when we put our own life experiences in it. So that, like you were saying, that phrase that you just said, Rifki, you know, we do the best we can with the tools that we have. Is there any other person that you interviewed and you were like, that was great wisdom? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm so curious, Rifki, what you have to say. Oh, but you could go, you go first this time. Alex. Okay. <laughs> so I, I chose Professor Leslie Gutman. I almost did, yeah. <laughs> almost did, same, same. So she um, wrote a book published by Mosaic Press on resilience, the Jewish perspective on resilience. And wow, I mean, she's, Baruch Hashem, we've been really honored to to really interview a lot of, you know, highly, highly educated and highly knowledgeable and experienced guests. And I mean, to me, it's like a crash course. Like I'm sitting and interviewing her and she's just, it's just gem after gem. And since she's so brilliant and so she's a professional professor, just the word, whatever that means, the words just like roll off her tongue really? and everything is so exquisitely um, communicated and articulated. And I just felt I was literally like sitting in like a one-on-one -on -one class with her. And not only, you know, was it so insightful, um, it's just, it's just so practical, you know, like just the topic was just, you know, resilience. We all want to build a resilience. We all need to you know, we all want to get stronger. And um, I just, I felt really honored to like hear these pearls of wisdom from her. Do you want to share one pearl of wisdom? Oh gosh. Well, it's been a while. That was like episode two, I think, like right in the beginning of the Deep Meaningful yeah. Conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, I just was, I, I she had so many lines and we actually have pull quotes on our social media and it was like hard to choose from her. Yeah, there's um, a highlight. There's a highlights uh, on the highlights section we have. Anyone can go and check it out there if they want. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Go check it out. But just in general, like I just remember feeling sort of comforted that resilience is like a growing muscle. And I know she said it so many more, so much better than I possibly, <laughs> and I can't remember exactly all the details, but I just remember that overall feeling. It's like, like you don't have to have it today, but it can be something that you're working on. And, you know, it's, it's and, this ability to bounce back, you know, and, and anyone can learn it. Anyone can learn and it. Anyone can learn it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're not going to break. Like we are going to bounce back. It's just how we develop those muscles, you yeah. know, so we can do it quicker and more effectively. Oh, very nice. Okay, Rifki. How about you? Yeah, I'm so glad that you, I am so glad that you chose Dr. Gutman because her interview was phenomenal. I had such a hard time picking this one as 
with the other question, but um, I, I'm going to settle on uh, Rachel Herkman, our interview with her. We did an uh, interview on overwhelm and burnout mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. And um, as someone who is constantly juggling probably at least one or two more things than I should, I was like, this is relevant to my life. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that really resonated with me that she had said was how burnout can really look different for everyone. And so if someone is a, a high achiever, they, they could be still accomplishing a tremendous amount and also be burnt out at the same time. It doesn't mean that just because they're still accomplishing things and they're still, you know, checking off certain things that their kids are still getting to school or homework is getting done or dinner is getting made or what, whatever, pick, pick whatever it is that you consider someone still being successful at, you know, adulting, they could still be burnt out. So burnout looks different for everyone. And we shouldn't compare to our, we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. And we shouldn't say, well, just because I'm doing this, maybe I'm not really burnt out. We should be able to tune in and listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, what else? She was just, she had so much to say. That was one interview we did, Alex, where it was just like, every question was just like chock full of answers that were just phenomenal. And I, again, I would just encourage people to listen because I'm not going to give it over nearly as well as, mm-hmm. as she did. But it was very validating you know, um, and also she gave some great tips on how to actually, I guess, tell when you're getting burnt out, how to prevent it and how to bounce back from it. And then that happens to everyone. Right. You know. it's, it's so funny that you say that, you know, I have this persona that everyone's like, oh, you're always so positive. You're always in a good mood. Yes, but no, <laughs> like, like I have my moments, you know, it just, just because you see me as happy-go-lucky, it's not fake. That is the truth. But I can also have, I'm a positive person with sad moments. I'm not a sad person with positive moments. So that's how I usually like to uh, give it over. So I understand that I resonate with exactly what you're saying. We view people and we just make assumptions. And I think that's one of the biggest things we have to not make assumptions. And I think I remember one person I interviewed um, was Lizzie Savetsky. That's fun. Yes. And the conversation I had with her, she was like the beginning of season eight and she had this one line. I started crying. Oh, you know, when I interviewed her, Alex was on the, um, at the convention, the OU convention. I had to escape one. (laughs) That's so funny. Job still goes on. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I, and she said this one thing and she was telling me her whole story about how she, you know, was having difficulty having a child. She had two, she wanted another one and it just wasn't going. And she just said, she says before the candlelight, she just turned and she looked up and she said to her, she said to God, I'm ready for the blessing. I'm ready. I've, I've done the work. I'm ready. And it just moved me. So, and I told her, I said, that's it. I'm gonna, that's part of my prayers every morning. And it is. You know, people will follow me on Instagram. I say that every morning now to my uh, family with besides my other shtick, you know, but I always say I'm ready for those blessings. And it it, it, it was such made such an impact on me. Um, it was it was really, really powerful. So I get that. And, and I think that's one of the reasons I just love it. But then on the other side, there are challenges. What do you find the most challenging part about doing the podcast? What, what What's the most mm. challenging part? Is that your turn to go first, Rifki? I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> Um, so for me, the, the, one of the most challenging parts is that we only do two podcasts a month, which it's not challenging that we only do two, cause that's literally the max that we can actually produce, okay. but it's challenging because there's just so many incredible women out there and so much to explore and to share and to highlight that it's just, it's really hard to pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
characters, they're just, I, it's very, but okay, hold on. There's a word that's going to come to me. It's so funny. I'm like a writer and a speaker and yet I'm not being able to retrieve this word, but it's very awe-inspiring to me that there are so many inspiring people out there and so many people doing incredible work for the claw, whether it's on a big scale or a small scale, whether they're well-known or they're not well-known. And we're always getting pitches and we're always getting suggestions. And I wish we could do all of them all the time. And so that, that for me is the hardest part. Yeah. And somehow we don't run out of subjects. Like we months ago had already, you know, planned out and mapped out through 2022. And now we're like moving into scheduling 2023. And like, we just have a running list of people that we are going to be fitting in, you know, and plus juggling, you know, different um, pitches that we get that we consider and often we take and sometimes we reject, you know, but, um, Thank God. Like it's, it's, I, we're not feeling burnout. Can I know how risky? <laughs> I know it's, it's really just incredible. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> you were featuring, like when I was on your first uh, DMC episode, you were featuring these other women. So in a way you can get um, women in, in a different way also when they answer those questions. Yeah. Is that yeah. We ended up stopping, stopping doing, doing that. that. We've sort of evolved like the structure and which is great because I think we've really tightened it to what, you know, to what it is now in terms of like co-hosting. I mean, Rifki and I, I, what we really try to do, and this actually goes back to what our conversation earlier about validating is like, we, you know, yes, we do an interview, but you know, the first third or so of the episode is us talking about the topic right. and us, you know, whether it's us sharing our, our struggles, our triumphs, our personal connections. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we've had people who say like, we love the guests, but our favorite part of the episode was like hearing both oh, of you talking about the issue. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like w- our part of our mission is to be like, listen, we're taking topics that we know are on your minds because they're on our minds. And we talk to a lot of people <laughs> and we want it to be relevant. And we are going to share with you what's hard about, for example, work-life balance. And yeah, I'm going to tell you how my basement is a wreck because I, and not to make myself look like a hot mess. There's always that, that timeline of you know, how much vulnerability and how much, you know, to share. And we, Which really, we addressed we in our first, first episode, first episode, episode yeah. one of DMC. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we will try to just share our own relationship with the topic and, um, and many, you know, that that's fun because we're just schmoozing and we're recording it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that I think is one of the reasons why our podcast has been successful with, you know, having co-hosts is because of that, that element. And then both of us are very curious people. We both love talking to people and I, and, you know, we organize our, our, we, everything is scripted. Of course we go off script, but everything is organized so that when we're, you know, interviewing someone, we know whose turn it is to what, ask what question, like we have a rhythm. We also, yeah. of course, will ask, you know, spontaneous questions, but we're not stepping on each other's feet. Like we have a great balance. Thank God. Exactly. And like, thank God also our, the, our life schedules in general really work well for each other. Although I have, I do have to say that when we first started the podcast, we were literally recording all of our interviews while our toddlers were napping. And that was how Crazy. We, like Alex would be in her house. I'd be in my house. We'd be right. zooming with whoever and we'd be doing it during our nap. And then our toddlers progressed to a play group. And now they're both in the same preschool program. So our schedules were really very much in sync. Cause that I have to say through all the projects that I've worked on over the years, whether they're musical or communicative or whatever, scheduling has always been the biggest problem in terms of if you're not on the same page life stage wise with the person right. it does make it challenging I remember I was in a band many many years ago I still had babies but other people were starting to have like real simchas like bar mitzvahs weddings and it just fell apart because they were busier on a scale that just didn't it just didn't work right. so I think that also just that we're at a similar place on a 
logistical level, it's also helpful. But of course, without the rapport and without us actually being so in sync and working so well together, it wouldn't matter if our schedules were good or not. It's like, but it's like that camaraderie and that um, know, synchronicity. I don't even know. There's probably a fancy word. Nice word. Nice word. But it is funny because Jordana, you mentioned about like social and guests. So like Rifki, remember it was like, when we were reaching out to guests, it's like, well, it needs to be within nap time. <laughs> two hour window and that's yeah. all you can have. So you exactly. How's one o'clock on Tuesday? On exactly. 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 <laughs> I, I once interviewed, you know, one of my, one of my seasons was about single moms. And I, I once interviewed this woman, she had like, you know, she had a little young children and like well, in the middle of the episode, she's like, baby's crying. Like we try to do it at night when she had them put to bed, she was, the baby's crying. I got to go. I got a nurse. I'm like, okay. I'm like Maverick. Pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but been so there. Happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It we, happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's okay, this is this is life. It's real life, you know. And that's why we have editing. So <laughs> now, here's here's a question: What podcast do you guys listen to? Uh, or do not. I mean, some some people don't have time. Okay, right now I am currently listening to "How to Glow" by Kayla Levin. Um, I think she is awesome. And it's about marriage. And she actually was just put, featured on the Meaningful Minute podcast, which I also need to listen to that because I also listen to Meaningful Minute. <laughs> um, a lot to 1840, Um, I think he's fa- a fabulous podcaster. Uh, talk about deep dive. That's actually, I, I don't think I answered the question, what's most challenging? Can I just go back? Oh, oh yes, what's 100%. What's most challenging for me, and I'll relate it to David Bishopkin's podcast, is not doing a deep dive enough. Like mm-hmm. not getting into the depth, not exploring the nuances, not considering all the perspectives. That is, it's like a fear because we are, we, we have a lot of responsibility. Like we just did a, a, um, an episode on college class education and someone reached out to me and she didn't even say it as a complaint, but she mentioned something that was so important that like, how can I not have mentioned this? How can you talk about college class education? And I'll share it right now without talking about some of the physical um, ailments that women actually suffer from when it comes to sexuality. I'm like, how, how can I have missed it? Mm-hmm. And like, that's the responsibility and that's the fear. And that is the frustration for me. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be missing stuff, but like mm-hmm. how significant is it that I'm going, uh, you know, what I'm going to be missing. And I find David Bishopkin does a fabulous job. His episodes are good, at least two and a half times longer than ours, but he really does real deep dives. Like you really feel like you, thoroughly address the topic when you're listening to his discussion and before the interview and then his interview so I love I love him and I love listening to DMC yes I listen because that to me is like how how I improve is like I know actors often say they do not watch their movies you know it's, it's sort of painful sometimes listening to yourself but like if I can say oh I'm always repeating xyz filler word or I'm I'm interrupting or I'm not doing this enough so I do enjoy listening not to the sound of my own voice, but listening to my mistakes <laughs> and the things that I'm doing well as well. <laughs> I also have that fear. You know, it's, 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 uh, I don't know what it, I guess it's just simply a fear to push the buttons um, in mm. a way that's respectful. Mm. Um, I think that uh, is, is something that I also deal with. And that's when I said Rabbi Bishefkin really pushed me to really get back to those people 
And, but again, even when I got back to people, I'm like, I have something I want to ask you. Is this okay? It's like, you know, right, right, right. But, but, but someone else taught me like, and this is what I'm loving about interviewing other podcasters. They, one other podcaster said to me, what they do is before they speak to somebody that they interview, they say, is there something that you do not feel comfortable with me asking? Um, and as soon uh, as they, and then if they say, yes, don't ask me about this, don't ask me about that. Because then everything's all game, you know, like, and I also, Interesting. Tell, and I also tell people that I interview with, like, don't worry, I could go back and have something edited. And I did have that done one, sometime I interviewed somebody and, um, she messaged me, it happened a few times, but one specific, oh, this is interesting. I interviewed, it was on my season eight, an old student of mine. Oh, lives, oh my gosh. Out in, um, Mumbai. Like she's yeah very cool anyway so I had made a comment about something and she texted me the next day she says more bar <laughs> she's like still the student teacher mode she's like you need to delete the I know what you think is is okay but here they don't like that and my friends are going to listen to it and in the Arab world they don't like that comparison wow. she says I know you think that comparison is good and it's a normal comparison you made but you have to delete it because it won't go over well. And I said, oh, okay, fine, good to know. Like, I didn't know, but she she reached out to me and I deleted it, you know? So that was fine, edit it out, it's not a big deal. So it could always go back if someone doesn't like something, but it, I think that's a nice method, a nice practice to ask someone in advance, is there something specific I should not ask about? I even had at the end of a podcast once, uh, a girl that I interviewed, she says, you know, um, thank you for not asking about my mother. So I it is off air, you know. And I said to her, I said, Well, I picked up on it. Like mm. she was thinking about everyone but her mother. I said, But you know, for your own information, you should let people know if about that. Please do not ask me about my mother. I said, because you're you're moving up in the ranks and um you need to let people know not to ask about your mother if you're not gonna be comfortable with it. So yeah, I that's it great. Go, yeah, it could go both ways. So yeah. I'll I'll add another tip. I notice that Rifni often will do this is at the ends of the interview, she'll ask, is there something else that you like to say that you felt that you didn't have a chance to say? Ooh, and I that like is that great sense. because that's like where we get a little deeper. If the person we're interviewing feels that something was missing or left out, it's their opportunity to fill it in. Mm. That's another good technique. Oh, I like that. Rifki, I'm writing mm -hmm. this down. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm no, sure I, I wish I could get I, it was definitely not my idea. I, I wish I could remember where I picked it up, but it was definitely, I picked it up from somewhere else. I wish I could take credit for it being an actual we idea. Other podcasts and we learn. Yeah, but, you know, but you know what's so interesting? Because I do that on tests and it's so uh, funny where I have students who have learning issues and they could have studied all the material for the test, but yet I've asked it in such a format or such a way that it's not, they're not able to retrieve the information that they've worked so hard so I will put a question on the test, write down any information that you studied that you feel like did that. not ask. That's a great question. That you get full fantastic. credit for it? Yes. That's yes. fantastic. And I, I even tell that I have one child, well, uh, one, I have a few children with learning issues, but one particular one, I always tell her, um, she studies so hard. She works so hard. And she says, Ima, I, like, I don't know what that test had to do with what I studied. So she, she, she already goes over to the teachers and she says, my mother said, that I should write on the back of the test everything I know about this um, subject that I studied, and you'll see that I really worked hard. And the teachers are like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It really works for her. And, and they really appreciate 
because they really then see that she really put in the effort and really worked hard. So it's very interesting. That's the same. I do that for Tess. I should do that for Pop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cross, like cross post the skills. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so now I think we were about to say, uh, Rick, you want to tell us what podcast you listen to? It's a very long list. Okay. I mean, I should just do the top five. Um, and I, I, I like rotate because I don't have so much time. And sometimes I have more time than others. And sometimes I don't. And sometimes I want to listen to sometimes I don't. So it just depends. But in general, um, like the coach, the get, let's um, get real with Coach Menachem. I like, I definitely like that. Um, headlines, meaningful people, of course. Um, my friend Esther Kurtz recently started a podcast, Amuna for non Rebitsons. It's short, it's like 90 seconds of Chovas Halavavos every day. Mm. So I love that. That I can do every day, even though my Yitzhahara tells me not to, but fine. <laughs> um, a deeper conversation, um, Empower, which is Yuchavat Davidovitz, Empowered Jewish Living, which is Rabbi Shlomo Bachsbaum, No Stupid Questions, which is not a firm podcast, but so interesting with Stephen Devner and Angela Duckworth. My friend Nina Badson has a fantastic friendship podcast, um, Dear Nina. It's all about, it's all questions about anything about friendship that you could ever want to know. And she's so good about it. She lives in Minneapolis. How to Glow with Kayla Levin, like Alex. Um, Book of Life by Rocky Koval, Freakonomics. And sometimes oh, Tune with Nina Reiser. Oh, she hasn't posted in a little while, but I always like her. She's very soothing. Yeah. I said Ricky, that very fast because there were so many. <laughs> you need more carpals to drive, more dishes to wash, and more laundry. To I need to drive to Pennsylvania more often like I did all the time this <laughs> summer with sleepaway camps. That's why I listen to a lot of stuff. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's so funny. My One of my drives to Cleveland, I think it was last year, so because that's when I started getting into 1840. So I was like, okay, yeah. guys, we're going to listen to 1840 now. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it kept me busy. Uh, you know, so before I I ask Ripke's question, right? Okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> question. But what would be your advice to give to someone who wants to start a podcast? Would, would you say anything to them? Like, don't do it. Or yeah, do it. But, you know, you know what would you say? I, it's, it's funny because I think that I, the advice I give people, because like, I do get this question somewhat regularly um, and I tell them exactly how we started our podcast and, you know, everyone's advice doesn't work for everyone. So what we did worked for us. It may not work for you, but this is how I, how I tell people. I tell them that um, great you want to start a podcast. It's fantastic. It's very enriching and rewarding before you just start, like take some time and plan it out and ask yourself the following questions, like ask who is your audience? What do you hope to accomplish? And then logistical things like how often do you want to post? Do you want to do it every week? Do you want to do it every other week? Do you want to have a partner that you do it with? Do you want to do it by yourself? Do you want to have guests? Do you want to just talk on a subject that you're an expert in? How do you want to do it? Get an elevator pitch going so you can explain to people succinctly what you're hoping to accomplish. You could explain to any potential guests. You could explain to yourself what do you hope to accomplish and get everything kind of organized and then start. And then after you start, be flexible about changing anything that you see that mm -hmm. isn't working for you. Right. Well, well said, well said. Alex, how about you? No, that was great. Very thorough. Um, often people will ask also like how, like what are the logistics? You know, mm -hmm. what platform? How do you record it? And I oh, I just passed on the food product. <laughs> I think I even asked um, you guys about the cameras, right? I want that. I think who drew it out for me? Which one? Yeah, me, me. Yeah, I drew it out for you. I drew you a diagram. Yeah. Yeah, cute, cute. So I would say, I mean, first there needs to be a particular passion, um, a sort of self-knowledge of, of you. Like, what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that lights my fire? What do I really care about? Um, and then specifically, like, ask your question, ask the question to yourself of like, what is my specific angle? 
that needs to be very clear. What are you bringing to the table that hasn't been done before? Why, what do you have that's different? And to answer that question, I think one needs to ask, you know, what need am I filling? Because for a pocket to be successful, it needs to be filling a need. Um, and it can't be what everyone else is doing. It can't be too similar to other people's podcasts. So just sort of looking more globally, whether if you're, you know, a from podcaster, what does the from podcasting world need? How and how can I fill it? So just some, you know, global questions to see if you really do have something potentially to offer. Okay, very nice. So now, Ripke, <laughs> is there anything else you want <laughs> to add to this interview or say before we say goodbye to everybody? Oh boy, now I have to think because I didn't prepare <laughs> for that. But um, I, I think that it's very it's very exciting when I look at the charts of the podcast and I see how many from podcasts exist and how like so many people are using this new platform to really, I mean, it's not really so new, but you know, but they're using this particular mode of communication to inspire, to educate, to validate, to inform, to shine lights on different topics within the firm world or within Judaism in general, or just for interesting people. And I am just so grateful to be part of it. And I think that it's a tremendous opportunity for people to get to know themselves, to learn and grow and develop themselves and then share a little bit of that growth of the world. And I think it's a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal time to be living. Mm. Yeah. Like how that. Many, how about you, Alex? Anything you want to add? Yeah. I mean, I just want to say, like, I acknowledge that, you know, when you see an episode, you're like, oh, I want to listen to this, but it's an hour and 15 minutes long. And I don't have an hour and 15 minutes to sit down and listen to this. That podcasting is great, you know, for multitasking. Like I mentioned before, I like cooking Arab Shabbos. But not only that, literally right before this interview, I had to do a very quick errand, like five minutes. And I just turned my the podcast on that I was listening to before. And I just got five minutes of it as I drove to this little, did this little errand and drove home. It was nothing. But I actually got literally a nugget of information from that five minute errand. And just keep a, keep a few podcasts on, you know, on your phone that you plug in to your car that you just, you, you listen to and get little nuggets and little bits here and there. And it doesn't have to be like a whole sit down formal thing. It's just such a great way to get small doses of information and inspiration and make the most of our time in the car or doing other, you know, unwanted tasks. Uh, it's just a great way to elevate and use our time well. So I'm very grateful like Rifki, uh, you know, to be able to be part of that and be part of this larger conversation. And also to receive the benefits of, of you know, all people like you, Jordan, and all the other Jewish podcasters out there are just putting out great quality content that really enriches our lives. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so if anybody that's listening as, uh, I wouldn't say audience, as Rabbi Shepkin says, my family, <laughs> if anyone in, in my listening family out there in the world wants to get in touch with you guys as the DMCers, what's the best way to be in touch with you ladies? Uh, I mean, we have the email address dmc at meaningfulminute.org. Um, I checked the inbox and, you know, our social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like we're, we're very accessible. <laughs> okay. So when, when somebody reaches out, they're getting one of you or is it, or yeah, you know, yeah they're getting okay. one of us. Yeah. So that's good to know. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Rifki. It was so nice. First of all, it was a pleasure for me to just catch up with friends, even though it was more in a professional, uh, realm but it was still nice to see both of you so thank you for joining me thank you jordana it was really a pleasure 
Thank you so much for sharing, for inviting us to the podcast. It was great. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.